Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of Blatant Homers and Podcast, part of Crimson and Cream Machine on the SB Nation network of podcasts. Uh, we are on to week five in Picks Trying Not to Suck, our college football handicapping against the uh, spread. We do it every week with my brother, the skinny. Let's go ahead. Welcome on. What's up, buddy? Hey, not much. You know, just uh, I, I did my best to kind of revert to the mean uh, last week. So hopefully this week's looking a little better. Yeah, yeah, we both came out uh, two and two for the uh, for the week. You had uh, Illinois that, that covered, Tennessee did not, West Virginia, uh, let's see here, did cover, cover. Northwestern yep. did not, and Wazoo uh, did not in one of the wildest finishes probably like in college football history. Um, I, I think, what was it that I read, I think UCLA scored 50 points in something like 18 minutes. And how that's possible from UCLA, I don't know that often. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two weeks ago now, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's that was part. That's that's maybe the craziest part. But um, I also went two and three. I had uh, Tulane, which covered Sparty covered. Ole Miss did not. Vandy, uh, that's also a no. Charlotte, it was a hard luck loser. I think they ended up uh, losing by forty two. So I was off by a half point, but, uh, you know, close only counts in uh, dancing or whatever. Um, so let's see here. So that has you up one game on me for the year. I am at uh, 9 and 11 through four weeks, and I believe you are at 10 and 10. Yep, there we go. Um yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, you know, really squeaking by here. So, all right, let's go ahead, though, get to uh, the week five picks. I thought this was actually a pretty tough slate. Um, I didn't see a whole lot that just jumped out at me. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday night, by the way. We normally record on Wednesday, so uh, there might be a few things that happen between now and the end of the week, of course, to change, this, change the lines here. But, uh, you know, we'll go with what we got for now. So, anyway, Skinny, what do you have uh, for your first game this week? Yeah, okay, I'll start it off. Um, I am looking at uh, Ohio State going into Lincoln. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I know why, because <laughs> there aren't a lot of great options, but um, Ohio State right now is giving or laying 17 and a half. Um, you know, I know it's going to be a big atmosphere in Lincoln, Um I still don't think Nebraska is there. I'm actually, uh, you know, fairly impressed with what I've seen from Ohio State and Justin Fields thus far. Uh, I think uh, Ohio State wins this one pretty easy, so I will take them uh, laying the points. 
I went back and forth on that one. I ended up not playing it. Uh, but, you know, right now, I just, the way, Ohio, I mean, Ohio State is rolling right now. And, uh, you know, we've seen enough from, you know, Nebraska at this point to uh, to me that I just don't feel that comfortable going uh, one way or the other there. But I'm sure, well, like you mentioned, I'm sure the atmosphere will be pretty uh, pretty charged given, uh, you know, how things are going with the Cornhuskers right now and the enthusiasm around there. So, yeah, uh, all right, so we've got you here, Ohio State minus 17 and a half. Okay, um, I am going uh, to go, let's see here, with a Big 12 game. Uh, I'll start off here. I've got TCU, I believe they are lane 16 against uh, mm-hmm. Kansas. This is a revenge game. Last year, uh, KU, you know, got one of their very, very infrequent, uh, you know, uh, Big 12 wins against uh, the Horned Frogs. I think, uh, for to me, though, I look back last week, I know that, uh, you know, TCU dropped a game last week to SMU, which actually has a really nice team, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, looking back at some of the numbers and, and uh, the breaks there, you know, I mean, I think TCU fumbled six times and lost three of them. Uh, and, you know, a couple of them gave SMU some easy scores. Um, you know, the, obviously TCU's passing game is, is a big concern. But in this one, I, I think that they're just going to come out and really uh, really house the Jayhawks. Um, I'll go ahead and lay it with the Horned Frogs, TCU minus 16. Wow, you're taking my KU picks. I, I'm, I'm actually not taking this, but, you know. But but mainly because I'm worried about that. You know, I'm worried about KU's. Uh, I, I would tend to go with that KU's got to be hungover from that uh, level two violation that uh, David Davis <laughs> got. Them, you know, the extra coach. Really yeah. Like, yeah. If you're gonna cheat, like get good players like yeah well can, can you imagine though also being like the ncaa investigator who was assigned to that like you're you're supposed to be looking into ku football like you know yeah i mean it takes a real uh sherlock holmes you know what i mean i guess to uh to get in there and figure that out right i mean it's kind of like just like not even fair like just let him do it like overlook it <laughs> right just forget yeah yeah, yeah, but I guess that sounds like that's going to cost Beatty some money the way that it's going with their his buyout there. Yeah, not good for Beatty. Or good for Bill Self. Yeah, that'll <laughs> yeah. be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, what's your second pick? All right, I'll stick in the Big 12. I'm looking at Iowa State rolling into Baylor. Uh Baylor is laying three points at home. They're getting three. Uh, oh, excuse me. I, I wrote it down wrong. They're, they're getting, yeah, you're right. They're getting three at home. Um, I think Matt Rule is a heck of a coach. You know, at, Baylor's looked pretty good thus far this season, although, uh, you know, not against the stiffest of, uh, of competition. You know, um but, you know, and Iowa State, you know, coming off, you know, I know they had the they had the week off, right? Didn't they? No, they beat they you. They beat uh, Louisiana Monroe by like oh, that's 50. right, by, by oh, seventy-two to like nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But but you know, regardless, I, I think Baylor's a good team. Um, uh, you know, I think Iowa State obviously is is pretty decent as well, and also well coached. But I kind of I'll, I'll take Baylor getting points at home. 
Right, yeah. Well, uh, this is, I believe, a first for us because I'm also going to take the three with Baylor. Um, yeah, I look at this one. One thing I, uh, you know, I had all the same kind of thoughts that you did really about the Bears, um, who are playing really well, especially their defense has really picked up this year, uh, which I'm, I'm not really surprised because uh, Rule's such a good coach. Um, you know, the and you know they had kind of a weird result last week. They they only beat uh, Rice by uh, by eight. But, you know, I look back at it, you know, there was like a missed field goal, you know, fumble kind of in, uh, you know, like uh, I believe it was deep in Rice territory. So just some weird stuff there that kept that one from getting from actually getting out of hand. I like the Bears here. And the other thing to consider, I looked at the weather report. It's going to be like 95 on Saturday in Waco. Um, and that's not that's not the kind of heat that uh, – the Cyclones are used to uh, playing, and so I'm gonna, I'm with you. I'm gonna take the three. In fact, I think you know, I, I and you know, I'd lay it on uh, Baylor, lay some money on Baylor to win straight up. Yeah, I, w- I would too. And actually, I think you know, everyone's talking about kind of Iowa State, Kansas State, OSU is sort of like who's gonna be the number three in the Big Twelve. Uh, Baylor, might, to me, Baylor might be the sneaky pick for for the third third place. Right. Um, I mean, like I think that I'm. Um, let's see here. I mean, their home schedule, right? They have Iowa State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, but then they have Oklahoma and Texas to, to end the year. So, you know, I mean, getting those teams at home, that's that's pretty big for them. It is. Yeah, totally agree. They could they could be a sneaky pick in the Big 12. Right, right. Well, so, okay, so we're both on Baylor plus three. What's your uh, third game? All right, my next game, I'm looking at Penn State going to Maryland. Uh, Penn State is uh, getting, uh, or sorry, laying six and a half. Um, you know, Maryland is starting to come back to earth a little bit after that, mm-hmm. that hot start. Um, you know, Penn State, uh, you know, I just think this comes down to Penn State being um, the better team. And, and, I, and I'm also kind of looking across the board, and it's also one, uh, you know, I boy it's it's kind of a tough week with a lot of pretty good sized spreads mm-hmm. um so to get this one at under a touchdown uh I'll, I'll roll with penn state yeah you know what ironically enough i've also got penn state here too i'm this is one oh, that's going to be one of mine also scary. yeah i know i know Everyone yeah but take Maryland and Iowa state. <laughs> yeah no doubt but you know i think one of the things that we've seen so far you know, Maryland got uh, a lot of pub because of, from that uh, win over Syracuse, and we've seen that Syracuse really isn't anything special this year. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Maryland came back to earth against Temple, and, uh, you know, I mean, if they thought Temple had a good defense, I mean, Penn State's defense is uh, is pretty stout. And, you know, you know how James Franklin is, man. A primetime Friday night game will have, like, kind of the stage all to himself. I mean, you know, if he gets a chance to uh, to lay it on, I think he will. So, I'm with you. I'm also going to go ahead and lay the six and a half here with Penn State uh, uh, over Maryland on Friday night. So, okay. That's another one. Wow. Man, same wavelength. This is crazy. All right. Uh, fourth game. Fourth game. All right. I'm, man, and uh, this one, you know, I, I'm looking at UVA going to Notre Dame, and I hate betting on Notre Dame games. It's just. I, Maybe other people can pick pick them right, but I never seem to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think you know, I just kind of 
thing about, you know, hangover scenario uh, and that from that loss to Georgia, that was a pretty hard-hitting physical game. Probably took its toll on the Irish. Um, uh, UVA, you know, I know a lot of people might be down because of that Old Dominion score, but Old Dominion, um, you know, I, I can't say that I know their roster very well, but, but they have a pretty damn good quarterback. Um, so I, I kind of don't hold that one against them as much as maybe some do. So then getting 12 and a half, Notre Dame kind of a hangover effect. Um, I, I'm not saying UVA is necessarily, uh, you know, for real, so to speak, this year, but but I think they still hang with the Irish. You know, maybe the Irish pull ahead late kind of thing. So I'll take the 12 and a half in UVA. All right. Well, this is okay. So finally, we're breaking the streak here because I'm I'm laying off the uh, the who's here. But uh, what a yeah, what a tough spot for Indy. You know, did you watch much of the uh, Georgia Notre Dame game? Yeah, I watched almost all of it. Man, yeah. boring game. Looking back between that that OSU and Texas, yeah. Well, it was such a it was such a Saban esque like coaching job by um, by Kirby Smart, right? Just kind of worn down in the yeah. second half, but like. Just such unimaginative play calling, like, and, and I just maybe like Fromm and his receivers are on the same page, but like, you, you've got you know what I think is an NFL quarterback, and, and from what I understand, all these you know really really talented receivers, and they, he threw the ball twelve times in the first half for fifty-five yards. I mean, it was all wide receiver screen. Um, so Notre Dame could kind of play to stop the run and. Uh, but yeah, generally speaking, it lacked a lot of drama and intrigue. Yeah, I mean, I was out to dinner, so I only kind of was able to check in, you know, like while I was sitting at the table looking up uh, at one of the TVs over at the bar. But it, it just, it looked like the atmosphere looked pretty cool. But um, just like you mentioned, you know, I've heard this week a lot of people started kind of comparing Kirby Smart to Saban's early days at Alabama where they didn't really ask the quarterback to do much and they kind of just let, relied on their defense and running game to wear teams down. And, uh, you know, Auburn's, pardon me, Georgia's got a, you know, such a good roster, but they're not going to be able to do that against a team like Alabama. If they have any designs, of, you know, winning the SEC, it's just, it's not going to work for them. Yeah. And, you know, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but, you know, it was interesting that downfield, the, the receivers were pretty well covered. But I will say, like, it is interesting because there were a lot of plays where, just in my opinion, Big 12 refs call pass interference, you know, a guy mm-hmm. not turning their head to look for the football that they just weren't calling. Um, so, you know, kind of interesting difference between kind of in my opinion. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. You know, it's funny, like I mentioned, uh, I was giving, I gave out a bunch of games last week that I didn't end up playing. 
But I did end up playing uh, USC, and I felt like I got pretty lucky actually watching it. Uh, you know, after Keaton Slovis went out, they uh, brought in Matt Fink uh, off the bench, and you know, watching uh, watching what the Trojans were doing there on offense, almost all of it, you know, came from like just go routes to uh, Pittman, their receiver, who ended up with like 230 yards. And they ran the ball for like 20 yards total. Um, but Utah just never really adjusted to uh, what they were doing with Pittman. I don't think that Washington's going to have that same problem this week. Um, I'm not a big fan of playing a team like Washington as a favorite because they play slow, you know, and they don't really, uh, it's not necessarily an offense that's built to run, run it up, but I like the Huskies here. I'll go ahead and, uh, give the nine and a half, um, and, uh, you know, bank on them getting pulling out the uh the home win here over the trojans so let's let's washington minus nine and a half yeah i would probably in the same way i i think I, you know i think it's i think washington is going to be the class of the pac-12 again i really do yeah gosh uh i mean i guess the only undefeated team left out there is cal yeah, oh, Cal, I forgot about Cal, but I, I'm still not, you know. Oh, no, I mean, Washington, yeah, Washington, Utah. Well, I mean, you know, USC, I go back and forth on. Some weeks they look like they they look great, but I, a game like this, I just don't see them them uh, knocking off Washington in Seattle. Yeah, I still think it kind of comes down to Oregon, Washington. I put as my top two. Yeah, I think that's the way I think, too. All right, so what's your, going to be your fifth and final uh, selection this week? All right, the, the game everybody's waiting for, NC State at Florida State. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, right. Um, so Florida State, you know, boy, it's it's um, you're playing with fire betting on Florida State this year. But, you know, less than a touchdown, so I'm seeing it at five and a half right mm-hmm. now. Um NC State, uh, granted, I haven't seen a ton of them, but what I have seen is, is less than impressive. Um, I'll take Florida State, uh, you know, as less than a touchdown focus at home against a really bad NC State team. Yeah, you know, since I since I played uh, West Virginia a couple weeks back when they were hosting NC State, I ended up watching a lot of that game. And NC State just, whew, man, I mean, they couldn't get anything going. Um, so, you know, to me, this is definitely a case where I'd be laying it with uh, Florida State if, you know, if I was going to uh, make a pick there. But uh, that is not going to be my fifth selection. I am going with, oh, man, I'm going to go ahead and take Northwestern plus 24. I, I feel I, no, I'm concerned. You, you can't do that. I, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm concerned going and walking in front of that buzzsaw, man, that's, that is Wisconsin right now. But, you know, it's funny. Last week, you know, I, I actually, uh, you know, laid the nine and a half with Sparty, and they ended up covering easily because <laughs> Northwestern's offense was every bit as bad as, uh, bad as I expected. But this is more kind of just um, – you know, a case where I feel like, you know, the Badgers, they're they're going to have to let down at some point. And uh, that was a big win for them over, over Michigan, obviously. And, you know, I mean, as, as badly as they pounded the Wolverines last week, that game, it felt like it just 
totally flipped there early in the game when Michigan fumbled inside the uh, Wisconsin five. Like that just completely turned the game around. So, you know, we might have just a little bit of an overinflated opinion of uh, the Badgers at this point. So I'll hold my nose and uh, go ahead and take the 24 points with the Wildcats. Yeah, I, I would tend. I I, almost, I would this if, if we were picking six things, that would be my pick, and taking Washington for the exact reasons you're, you're mentioning. And the reason I didn't is just because I've been burned by Northwestern twice this year. So you know, it, it's oh, I, I can't I can't take it again. So. Yeah, I, it, anyway, the worst yeah. part of the worst part about about betting them is having to watch them. I mean, it's terrible. That too, yeah. <laughs> you know. Wait, what do you think? You think Harbaugh starts to get any heat at Michigan? I mean, I don't think I wouldn't say he's going to necessarily get heat. I mean, I don't. I, I'd I'd like to know what his contract looks like at this point because it could be that he's making too much money for them to uh, move on. But if he if there is you know any kind of NFL interest in him still out there, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to hear him start you know, maybe maybe picking up the phone when those teams are calling. I mean, something there just is is not working. I don't know if it's a matter of him not being able to do the college game anymore or what, but, uh, you know, everything about that team has been super disappointing, and I wasn't even that high on them going coming into the year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, it seems like most Michigan fans I talk to are kind of uh, coming into the season. We're still pretty optimistic about how about I guess. I guess why not? I mean, yeah, he lost to Ohio State, but in Notre Dame, but but had a pretty good season last year. So, um, but yeah, something there just you know you you expected a little more out of out of Harbaugh. At least I did. Um, so yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. I think coming into last week, or at least coming into the season, on those you know game of the year lines, Michigan was favored by like a field goal. I think over. Ohio State and now I mean that's flipped like significantly I think it you know it's it's like I think it's Ohio State well over a touchdown at this point um yeah. so you know I guess I guess that shouldn't be that much of a surprise but what year is this this is Harbaugh's fifth year Four, at Michigan right? this fifth? is fifth okay. per Phil Steele so wow. um wow. yeah you know I mean He's got him in a better place, I feel like they were, than whoever it was Hoke. Yeah, Brady Hoax last year. But just, I don't know. Then again, when has Michigan really ever been, like, I mean, it feels like they're a, a blue blood kind of in reputation only, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I saw something that, like, in the hundred years, the last hundred years or something, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but, you know, Michigan only has, like, Maybe it's a dozen 10 win seasons. It, it was something that would have astonished you. Like, there are 10, 11, 12, 10 win seasons. Um, which, yeah, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I found out surprised. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, it's just, and it's, it's only going to get harder there. I mean, that's going to become a harder and harder place to recruit to going forward. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, that, this might be kind of their last gasp. So, um, well, oh, so did you get to watch much of uh, OSU Texas? No, because you know, I was, I was, you know, in the same time as as Northern yeah. Georgia, and, and so I was, uh, you know, I was a little more fixed on the Northern Georgia game. Yeah. Um, 
so I didn't get to see a ton of it. But it, it sounds like um, OSU blew some some pretty big opportunities to, to maybe win that game, and uh, uh, it sounded like there were some people really questioning Gundy's, uh, some some of Gundy's decisions. Yeah, I I mean I was watching. I mean the thing that really surprised me was I mean Texas just kind of worked them over like in the trenches, really on both sides of the ball. And it's not that I mean like Texas's offensive line seems better to me this year. Obviously, uh, defensive line though, is, in my opinion, taking a step step back. And looking at it, I mean to me that settled more maybe for where Oklahoma State is, you know, on the lines as opposed to really Texas being uh, all that great. But uh, you know, just I, I'm spent. They have such good skill talent there. And Spencer uh, Spencer Sanders, I mean, he's you know he's so young. I mean, he's making he, you know he's making pretty obvious mistakes. But you know, I just feel like this might be a year. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of revising my expectations for OSU down after watching that. Really, hmm. Texas and Texas keeping Texas with us. Yeah, roughly. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, it was a you know it, it, Texas offense is really uh, really you know, making some strides, it feels like, um, it, you know, I, I mean, <clears throat> as, as detestable as Tom Herman may be, uh, I feel like he's a, a really good in-game coach, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of just the, the little stuff, managing clock, you know, uh, kind of how he, you know, manages different possessions or drives, uh, that kind of stuff. He, I feel like he does really well. Um, and you know he's kind of built a you know a pretty effective team this year. Now I I'm not sure how it's going to play out for them. And goodness, they are banged up in the secondary too. So you know we'll see we'll see how it works out for them going forward. But uh, it's gonna it's setting up for uh, you know big clash obviously coming up in a couple of weeks in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I mean does it? And boy, famous last words. But the, I mean, with, with Tech and then KU on the schedule, does it feel like OU season doesn't start until uh, until uh, January or sorry, excuse me, was it October twelfth? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Both are one and three so far. So. Right, and I mean, you got you know Tech coming in without their quarterback, and you know Kansas yeah. being Kansas, uh, you know, and uh, I mean. Even in the case, I mean, you look at Houston, now you see what's going on there with the Eric King, you know, essentially uh, taking a flyer on this year. Uh, you know, so, you you know, you're wondering what, what's been going, what was going on there when they uh, rolled into Norman earlier this season. Uh, yeah, so we don't, we don't know a ton, but, you know, on the flip side, you want to, uh, uh, in, in, for a team in a situation like that, I mean, you want to see them just absolutely destroying people. And, I mean, that's what OU's done so far. Yeah, no, they're 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 definitely doing that. I I think my you know, the, no shock to anybody who follows OU football. But you know, my questions are obviously going to be you know safety position. Can they do anything to shore that up? And then you know, I, I'm still you know as good as as Bedenbaugh is, and uh, you know, they, I think they have some obviously some really talented young guys there, and, and Creed Humphrey anchoring that line. I, I'm still worried about them against against a good D line because um, this team really needs to be able to run the ball uh, yeah. effectively. And um, you know, uh, so uh, I, you know, I think given some time that they'll be they'll be 
pretty good there, and in a few years they'll be really good. But I'm still not convinced this year that they're they're elite. Yeah, you know, I've had a lot of people asking me about that at this point. Uh, you know, and and especially about Jalen Hurts because he's putting up, you know, I mean, such good numbers. But he hasn't been in a situation where he's had to throw the ball really for him to win. And uh, I mean, I still look at him out there, and I just don't necessarily see a great thrower still going down especially going down the field um you know i mean he's he's fine working all the short stuff but it's just you know the throws are either off target or you know a little late and just it's not really not really there for him yet i mean maybe maybe that can come with time but uh you know it it's kind of you know this is just kind of the way i think it's going to be yeah no i i so, so uh, speaking of spoiled by quarterback play, exactly. But yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, speaking of uh, King, so let's say that, you know, he picks up the phone tomorrow and calls Lincoln Riley and says, I, w- I want to transfer to OU, play quarterback next year. What do you, if you're Riley, what do you say? De'Ara King, that is? Yeah. Oh, man. Ooh, that's a good question. I, I, I think I say thanks, but no. Jeez, but no thanks. I mean, and, and I, I'm, although, well, did they lose Mordecai? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's part of the question. Yeah. But, but, uh, boy, I think I'd say thanks, but no thanks, because I think I'd rather have Tanner Mordecai in that offense. And then, uh, but I, but I think Spencer Rattler's going to be the man. Um, yeah. Now, Grant, we haven't seen a lot from him, but it is kind of interesting to think what, what, what he could do with uh, De'Ara King. Yeah, well, I mean, because when when King came out yesterday and you know decided he was you know registering, I mean, a lot of people are saying that, uh, or pardon me, he's saying you know his intention is to stay at Houston next season. I don't, I I'm skeptical about that, but you know, automatically people are saying, oh well, I mean, given what what uh, Lincoln Riley's done at Oklahoma, you know, he should just go there. And it's kind of like, hold on, man. Like first of all, Lincoln Riley had a lot of time to work with Mayfield and Murray. Uh, you know, so it wasn't like necessarily his one year rental thing, but that's the other thing. I mean, you know, on top of, I don't, I don't know if he could beat out Spencer Rattler or Mordecai necessarily. Um, the, the bigger problem would be, how do you recruit, you know, going forward if you, if you keep, you know, taking in transfers and then, you know, kind of to a certain degree kind of seem looking like you're playing games with the guys that you've recruited already to bring on your roster. You know, it just, it's not, it's not, to me, that's not a workable dynamic going forward. Yeah. Especially when right now you look at recruiting and, and you land the top quarterback and, and well, what was that? 2019. And then again, in for 2021, right? Yeah. I think that's correct. Yeah. Um, like so, Lincoln Riley will have no problem bringing quarterbacks in, um, you know, into his system. So, you know, I, I, to me, I, I probably don't take that flyer. Although it's, it's, it's interesting with him as an ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Well, uh, we'll just wrap up here real quick. Go over our picks again. Uh, let's see here. We both like Baylor plus three and Penn State minus six and a half. Uh, you're on Ohio State minus 17 and a half uh, over Nebraska. I've got TCU minus 16 versus uh, Kansas. Um, I've got Northwestern plus 24 at Wisconsin. Let's see here. You've got UVA plus 12 and a half uh, versus Notre Dame. 
I've got uh, Washington minus nine and a half against uh, USC, and then you've got uh, Florida State minus five and a half versus NC State. So, uh, best of luck, man. I guess, and we'll uh, we'll do it again next week. Sounds good. All right. Thanks to the skinny for joining us for uh, week five of picks trying not to suck. And thanks to you all for joining us, too. Uh, if you're out there listening and enjoying what you're hearing, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts. For the Blaine Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.